Hey, so what we're talking about tonight, um, I'm super passionate about, super excited for, and it's been weird. Uh, so I go to Nebraska Christian College, right? We go to chapel every week, twice a week, actually. Um, and literally the last two chapels, or two of the three uh, chapels we've had, uh, both guys have talked about what we're talking about. And they both started out their sermon uh, talking about how crazy messed up our world is. And honestly, it's shocking how messed up our world is, right? You know, if we look at some statistics in our world, on a national basis, only 17% of Americans go to church on a weekend basis, right? Only 17%. 3,700 churches, on average, every year get shut down. And the craziest one, every, like, and out of every county in America, there's not one county in America that has more Christians living in it this year than they did last year. If that doesn't hurt your heart, then let's get local. In Omaha, only 40,000 people go to church on the weekend. You're like, oh, 40,000, that's quite a bit. That doesn't compare to the other 410,000 people who don't go to church. Out of every 10 people you see, whether that's at school, whether that's at a sporting event, a mall, eight of them were not at church on Sunday. Eight of them were not at church on Sunday. You know what that means is most of us in here haven't invited a friend, yet alone talked to a friend about Jesus Christ. You know, I've been, I've been convicted of that. And some of you guys are sitting here and you're like, yeah, but I go to a Christian school. Everybody at a Christian school are Christians. False. Some of you guys are like, I'm homeschooled. I have nobody at my school. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're exempt from sharing Jesus Christ, right? Some of you guys are sitting down and you're like, yeah, I don't have all the answers. Someone's going to ask me a question and I'm not going to have the answer. That's okay. That's a better excuse for them to come to church so they can ask somebody else, like your small group leader. Some of you guys are like, yeah, well, our culture, they don't accept our faith anymore. We're not accepted anymore. Do you think it was accepted when Jesus Christ was alive? He freaking died on a cross. That's how accepted it wasn't back then. He still did it. You know, when I was in high school, literally three years ago, I'm not much older than you all. I, I, grew, I grew up in a, a it's Southern Baptist. You don't have a lot of those out here. But it, I mean, it's just like, you, it's just like a church like this, honestly. But we, we literally, we had chapel every week. We had Bible classes. We memorized Bible verses. We did everything that was right. I had friends that I literally grew up from, from kindergarten to my senior year. We played sports together. We did everything together. And I look, we, we all, I, I'm the only, actually one of my other friends went away from college, but I look at my friends' lives, and they're so caught up in this lifestyle of go to school, go to work during the week, and on the weekends get so drunk or get so high that you don't even know what you did. That's what my friends are into. And I look back and I'm just like, what, what, what do we do wrong? You know, we went to this Christian school, they know about Jesus, they know that he literally died on a cross for their sins. They know these things, but they're still living this life that they don't even care about Jesus anymore. What could I have done? You know, I literally, I literally sit in my room sometimes and I think, I failed my friends. I, I look and I, I like, I, it hurts me. It hurts my heart because I can't do nothing about it right now because I'm, I'm 13 hours away from them. But you know what? It's cool is that because of Jesus, he, he gives you guys grace. He gives me grace, a second chance. And you know, every time I get to go home, I get to look at my friends in the face and I say, hey, I love you and Jesus loves you. So, so the question for the night, the tension, the tension question, 
is how do we love people who don't love God? I wish I, wish I could put something on this board, an equation that, that gives you the exact answer, but we're not talking about math. You know, in math, two plus two equals four every single time. But loving people looks totally different for me than it does for you. So what do we do? We jump into the scripture. Let's go. Let's go. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. You know, this is a passage that you probably memorized. You probably had to write it down at Sunday school or for a class or something. It's, it's the great commandment. And so it says, 30, and starting in 36, I'll give you a second if you guys want to turn there. Sorry, I'm like rushing you guys. It's going to be on the, it's going to be on the screen too. Someone raise their hand if they're there. Sweet, you're there, we're going. 36, it says this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You know, we talked about this uh, two weeks ago with Brad, or no, last week, last week, we talked about this with Brad, Brad. Brad talked about how we need to be in our Bibles so we can be obedient to the Word. We need to be on a day-to-day encounter with Jesus when we pray to Him. So, so we talked about that last week, but look at this. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, in the gospel, in all four of the gospels, Jesus, he talks this big talk, right? He's probably one of the biggest smack talkers, I think. Like, that's how, I, that's how I've used Jesus sometimes. He's like, he's always talking smack. But the cool thing about Jesus is that he doesn't just talk. But all of his actions confirm all of his words. You know, if you look, flip over now to Luke, Luke 19. Another story a lot of you guys have heard. It's about this little dude named Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Everybody hates Zacchaeus. Actually, Zacchaeus was a Jew, and now he's like working for the Romans. So like Jews really hate Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus, what he does in in verse 5, this is what it says, or before verse 5, he climbs up in this tree because he knows Jesus is walking down the road. And all he wants to do is he wants to see Jesus' face. That's all he wants. Let's pick it up in verse 5. I'm not at the right place. Verse 5, it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. You flip over to John 4, another story similar to this. There's a Samaritan woman at a well getting water, doing her thing. The big thing back then is Jewish men, a Samaritan woman, they, they don't converse. They don't talk to each other. Jesus doesn't care about the law. Jesus walks up to the Samaritan woman and says, hey, you're forgiven because of me. You're loved by me. Jesus does two things in both these stories. The first thing he does is he gets up and he goes to Zacchaeus and he goes to the Samaritan woman. Jesus could have easily said, hey, Zacchaeus, join the crowd and follow me. But no, what he does is he says, hey, let's go to your house. Let's go eat at your table. And then he does the same thing with Samaritan. He goes to the well. He breaks the law. He literally goes to her and he says, I love you. I want you to love me. Jesus goes to them, and he loves them. After, after he tells us to Zacchaeus, or goes to his house and has a meal, Zacchaeus says, Lord, I'm giving away half of my possessions, and I'm going to pay back everybody that I've wronged. The Samaritan goes to other Samaritans, and they say, the Messiah is here. Come, see the Messiah. And because Jesus went to that one woman, so many other Samaritans were changed. So students, 
your friends at school aren't going to come to church by themselves. You're literally called by Christ, not by me, not by your small group leaders. You're called by Christ to go to your friends and tell them about Christ. Literally in Matthew 28, it's the the Great Commission. Go and make disciples and baptize them in my name. We always focus on this making disciples and baptizing part. But if you don't go, you're not going to do either one of those things. If you don't get off your butt after church on Sunday and you go to school and you don't tell and you don't go and, and you're intentional with other friends, that, you, that your friends, if you're not intentional with them, they're never going to hear about Christ. You know, I look back and I, look, I can look at high school and I can, I can hate myself, I can be mad at myself because I didn't do something different. Who cares if you failed in the past? Who cares if you failed tomorrow with telling a friend about Christ? Who cares about that? It doesn't matter. It's okay to fail. But if you're not failing, then you're not trying, and you're not telling somebody about Christ. This is the reality. Is that your best friend at school, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your aunt, uncle, your teachers, your coach, they're going to spend eternity somewhere. You know what that means? You know what, you know what eternity is? You know, we believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's no in between. There's no black and white. It's a black and white. There's no gray, right? Heaven or hell. You're either going to spend eternity at the feet of Jesus or you're going to spend eternity burning in hell. So are your friends. How are they going to know that they can spend eternity in heaven if you're not telling them about it? Right? So what does this mean? So what, do we, what can you do as a high schooler? Let me tell you, there's a lot of things you can do. I'm not, asking, I'm not standing up here and I'm not asking you to change the world. I'm simply asking you to change one person. You know, you guys, you guys go, there's 17 or 18 high schools in this room right now. I really want to know how many students are in those schools. There's a lot. And a lot of them don't go to church. So what you can do is you can, every single day you go to church, or go to school, you can simply talk about Jesus to your friends. You can sit at the lunchroom, you can sit, and you can just tell them the truth about what you believe in. I hope, I hope you believe, I hope you believe in Jesus. If you're not here and you don't believe in Jesus, come talk to me, please. I'd love to change that for you tonight. But you guys who are sitting here and you know Jesus and you know what the Bible's all about, Tell other people about it. That's what it's all about. Guys, when you're, in the, when you're in your locker room and everybody's saying every word that you can imagine and they're talking about girls and they're degrading girls right in front of you, set yourself apart from that and be different from that. Girls, you guys are really good at one thing. And I have two sisters and I know you guys are really good at, at one thing. You're really good at making other girls feel bad or making other people feel bad. It happens a ton, especially in high school. And it just gets worse when you get older. Stop that. All this gossip that's in your schools, for one, half of it's made up. So why are you even saying it? Stop, stop gossiping. It's that, it's that easy. That could change someone's life. You know, the way you treat your teachers at school, the way you disrespect your teachers, 
that's not going to get you anywhere. The way you disrespect your mom and dad, that's not going to get you anywhere. Seriously, guys, it's simple. It's the greatest commandment, but it's, it's not that hard. Literally, all you have to do is love Jesus and love others. No, there is no, there is no exact answer to this. But there's multiple answers to it. There's so many different ways you can do this. Think about it. If each one of you all go out and you impact one person's life, we double, we double this room. Think about this. If they go out and they impact someone else's life, we triple this room. That's how it starts. You don't just go and you don't just change a generation just by saying a couple words. But you go and you change someone's life who changes another person's life. That's how generations get changed. That's how cultures get changed. If you love on people and you tell them about Jesus, that's what it's all about. So Eli's going to come up and we're going to sing another song and we're going to worship God again. And tonight we're going to go in our small groups and we're going to continue to talk about this and what this looks like for you personally. But don't check out yet. I want you to hear this and I want you to take away this. And I know I've said it probably 20 times already tonight. Simply love somebody consistently. Day in and day out. Let me pray for you all. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the night. I thank you for everything we've done already. Lord, the worship was spot on, and the prayer was spot on. Thank you so much for the women who stepped up in prayer tonight and literally spoke truth, Lord. I thank you so much for that. And Lord, I just pray for each student in here. I pray that they, they feel some kind of conviction, Lord, because this is our job. You have called us to do this. You have called us to make a difference in this world. And I pray that every day that we don't rely on church to be a difference maker, but we rely on ourselves to be a different difference maker, Lord, because that's what it's all about. Lord, I pray for our small groups tonight. I pray for our leaders. I pray that they can lead these students to passionately follow after you. But Lord, I pray that they come up with a plan to do this, Lord. And I pray that they seek and follow after you daily. In your name, amen. Take it in, but don't look down Cause I'm on top of the world, hey.